it might make sense just to get some in case it catches on. Satoshi Nakamoto. Welcome to a brand new installment of What is Your Bitcoin Story podcast, where we uncover the mesmerizing realm of Bitcoin by delving into the personal narratives of those who've bravely ventured into its depths. I'm your host, Gigi, and today marks our excitement in welcoming Martin from General Bytes as our distinguished guest on episode 30 of this podcast series. Martin's odyssey encapsulates the transformative journey of Bitcoin from collecting early BTC during its infancy stage to his current role as the marketing manager at General Bytes, the leading global provider of Bitcoin ATMs and software solutions. His association with Bitcoin traces back to as far as 2010, a time when he acquired coins from Gavin Anderson's faucet, when their value was nearly none. Uh, yet Martin's story doesn't stop there. In 2014, he captured global attention by becoming the pioneer Bitcoin Android and betting an NFC chip in his hand for effortless access to his Bitcoin wallet. In today's episode, we'll immerse ourselves in Martin's Bitcoin narrative, exploring his initial encounters with this technology, the pivotal moments that shaped his outlook, and the profound impact Bitcoin has wielded on his life. So fasten those headphones, kick back, and prepare for an exhilarating expedition into the revolutionary world of Bitcoin. Martin, a warm welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on your show. It's super stoked to be here. Amazing. The, the pleasure is all mine. So, yeah, as, as we had a brief conversation before we kicked off the recording, um, we actually exchanged details in, in uh, I believe, last month, or it's been a month before in October in the Bitcoin um, conference Amsterdam. Unfortunately, we couldn't meet um, in person. There was uh, a, a lot of networking and mingling going around. But uh, more importantly, we, we, we stroked the connection. And um, I'm, I'm super happy to have you today on the show and, and hear your story because you're a person that's been in Bitcoin for a very, very long time. And essentially, I'm sure the rest of the listeners are, are very eager for this episode. And I guess we'll, we'll kick it off like with all other guests. Martin, how does your Bitcoin story start? Um, I was looking for a payment system for a web shop I was designing at the time. And I found, uh, you know, I was, I was, yeah, I wanted something without all, too much red tape, but not PayPal. <laughs> and I started looking at eGold and before that, DigiCash. Digi Mm -hmm. uh, and I noticed that some of the guys that were working on DigiCash at the time, they moved on and they moved on to uh, to Bitcoin. Uh, so I had a look at Bitcoin and I dismissed it as first as well. It has no value. So it, therefore, it must be useless. Uh, but I fired up the old, old Bitcoin Core or Bitcoin wallets or nodes software at the time. And it had an option to mine Bitcoin because there was no way you could purchase them back then. And I forgot about it. And then about a month later, I noticed all my computers were like super slow and really overheating. And the fans where my, my old la uh, chunky la uh, Acer laptop was really, really overheating. And I thought, what is this? And I looked at this process and it was Bitcoin.exe still running. So I had a look and guess what? I mined my first 50 Bitcoins. So when I tried it then, I could actually use it. And once I used it just like to make a transaction, I was like completely flabbergasted. I thought, this is it. This is programmable money. And this, this is what the world needs. It was like the missing link in the internet as we know it. So I, I, to be honest, I, I haven't really looked back anymore. And I just did Bitcoin. I never finished the other you know, web e-commerce website. I just did Bitcoin ever since. And, and it's been like a crazy journey, but you know. 
I, I get super excited and emotional about it, thinking about it. But but back then, it it was like it was it it was something really new because it fixed what was wrong with all the previous uh, Bitcoin or not Bitcoin, uh, e electronic currencies before Bitcoin. I mean, e-gold, yeah. it was backed by gold, but it was centralized and the gold got confiscated. DigiCash at the time, great, but it only had one point of issue. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. And now that we, you know, we're like, what, 14 years later, we see that Bitcoin is still there. It's decentralized, can't be shut down. The only problem I had with it at the time is what it was difficult to obtain mm. it. And you know, Mount Gox was the first exchange I knew of, but I had to send my money to Japan to Japan. get some Bitcoin. <laughs> and it was like a, a bit of a like a flaky experience, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and that's where the idea for the ATMs got. Uh, we got the idea for the ATMs because the ATMs are something people can relate to it's a machine you put cash in and you get something out or you get put something in or you get cash out so so it it would make it more understandable for people um to to to, to get to be to more familiar Bitcoin with it. In, in it yes and it's uh, uh that's what 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 i liked about it and it it we thought you know if we we want this to be successful we need to have the up on ramp um mm. Uh, as easy as possible and that's why i think you know also for many people who are unbanked um they don't have a bank account they can't transfer to an exchange so so they need the atms to actually you know all uh, get their bitcoin and I, I think it's it's it was a product nobody wanted back in 2013 when general byte started wow, but over a decade um, ago. it totally changed around um, yes, it's uh, it's uh, ten ten years. We've been been on this for ten years. We're celebrating our ten year anniversary. Uh, we know at the time uh, uh, that many of the like it was difficult to get Bitcoin. So that's why we we thought you know the Bitcoin ATM is a good metaphor. It uh, people understand it. Uh, it it will bring like the it's like the connection between the virtual world of cryptocurrencies and the physical world of like you know where we live in yeah. so we started uh, creating the bitcoin atms and met my business partner at the time in amsterdam and he was constantly i ordered some uh, back then i ordered uh, i was the first client of general byte so i ordered <laughs> some of the machines and he was constantly soliciting feedback and new software updates every time so this is how gradually like the platform started growing and um i joined him the the company later uh, after like two years and then, um, yeah, it's 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 been a bit of a roller co coaster ride <laughs> since then. Uh, like you know, we 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 kept making new models ATMs, and like over the last last year, we 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 had this um, uh, conversion kit for existing ATM operators of uh, competing brands. Uh, we mm. did this in the past for the very first Bitcoin ATM brand called Robocoin. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't exist for very long, and most of the clients were you know left in the 
uh, out out you know out in the out in the dark because there was no way uh, they could operate it without the server software from Robocoin. So this is where we uh, created the conversion kit, our first conversion kit. And you'll find if you look on, I think, coinatmradar.com, the very, very, very first ATM in existence. Uh, <laughs> that was the, the Robocoin um, that's now running, still running our software, basically. So wow. even though it looks like we made the first ATM, we didn't make the first ATM, but we made the conversion kits that you know, rescued the first ATM. So uh, we did a similar thing for um, uh, for uh, Genesis Coin, which is like a competing brand. Uh, they're f- fairly large, um, uh, but they had some 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 issues. We had clients calling us, "Can you please make us a conversion kit?" So we created a conversion kit for it, and that uh, so every year we have like a new product uh, that we hope will um, will you know help our our our, our clients. Uh, basically run their business operations in a better, smoother way and make it more scalable. So we see a lot of changes in the industry, even though, you know, Bitcoin changes, but also the regulation changes. Um, mm. People always tell us like, you know, why is this AML KYC? Um, but it's, yeah, I, I, I don't, ideally we would live in a world without AML KYC, uh, but Bitcoin ATMs being so visible and easy to target for regulators, we see that that's where they, um, uh, that's, you know, they, they really want to regulate the industry. So we mm. keep modifying our software and adding new products and features to make it easier for our clients to be compliant because if they're not compliant, um, no business. Know, there's a knock <laughs> on their door and they'll take away all the ATMs and that's the end of it. So, it's yeah. uh, it it is it has been um, a bit of a challenge. Like currently, we see in uh, California, there's sweeping changes in California regarding uh, ATM usage. Okay. Uh, there will be like a very low limit. Um, but we've been uh, working very hard to make a new product, uh, which will uh, allow our clients, the ATM operators, to be compliant and still operate in California, as it's a very important market for 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 us and. Uh, I can't tell too much yet, but we'll be showing it at the International ATM Association conference in uh, Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas in February. It's not oh, a Bitcoin wow. conference. It's a conference for ATM manufacturers ATMs. and their clients. Um, but we'll be introducing the, the the new model there, and it will help clients in California really you know, still be compliant without really hurting their business. Uh, so it's... Uh, it's it's challenging, and you know sometimes it's you get tired for constantly having to modify the software because of mm. regulatory changes. Uh, on the other hand, uh, it also made us stronger and it created a better product. So, it, it's a bittersweet experience, right? So it's it's the good parts and the bad parts in it at the same time. Yes, I, I think the good part is that you know the software is constantly improve the bad part of course is like you know we don't want any aml kyc on on our bitcoin i mean it's it's silly uh but you know we've been like we had to overhaul all our aml kyc policy so that so that clients have more features to um uh to to enable aml kyc even via third-party identity verifications but it it's it, for me personally I, I don't like it because it will uh it it, it just creates a sort of hurdle for people to mm. overcome before they can use the machine they'll they'll be able to use it anyway but you know it's just you know it would be easiest if you just put money in and you get your cash out get your cash points out. out so 
Um, well, yeah, and, uh, to, to, it's a it's a constant challenge. But we've got like sixty staff now, and we oh, keep wow. uh, uh, we keep improving the software. We introduced <laughs> like first the BATM two, then the the, the BATM three, BATM four was more corporate model, and then we created conversion kits. And we noticed like the um, for the Genesis coin machines. Uh, the company has recently been bought by one of their clients. So, of mm. course, they increased the fees. Uh, but this wasn't well received by most of the other clients. Uh, so they asked us to create a conversion kit. And it's basically, it's an Android in a box. You put it in, you connect all the da- all the cables. And then uh, with a little bit of tweaking as in the software, you set it up to, uh, to vent um, Bitcoins and 60 other coins and add Lightning support and many other features that weren't there before and um, so it's uh, for, for us it's it's really nice because uh, we can help our existing clients but it also attracts new clients that in the past mm. uh, were on a totally different platform uh, i think this uh, this is this is really important if you if you run a bitcoin business to always keep listening to your clients uh, even their your existing clients in a way are more important than new clients so that's uh that's what we do we we constantly ask for feedback or you know we collect all the feedback we get and then we incorporate it into new products and new software features amazing amazing well i think martin you you will be pleasantly surprised to hear that um my first bitcoin atm purchase was through a general bytes machine back in i it was early 2018 in, in malta um i was visiting back then they had a lot of conferences and i remember there was a small Japanese sushi shack and in that sushi shack they had the general bytes uh, machine I think it was called zebra zebra moon or something the company that was running it had zebra in the name um, and it was ah, black and white yeah, you um, remember um, them yeah I remember it was uh, young they, Germans that, that were running it they had a zebra print on it correct yes correct. um uh, I, I for I've yeah I I, I remember, yeah, that uh, they did. Uh, they were one of the very first to actually customize the machines and brand <laughs> it into our own look. And we really like that. If 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 our clients take the machine and then give it their own like wrap and look and make it their brand, because after all, yeah. they're building their ATM brand, and it should be um, it, it it should be their brand. We're just. We're just a manufacturer of the machines, but but they should be the ones that brand it and create a user experience around it. It's fun. So, Moon Zebra, that was the one. Moon, Moon Zebra, Zebra, that's it. So, so yeah, and, and I still somewhere, I, I, I can't locate where exactly, but somewhere in my files, I still have that invoice from early 2018. Uh, the receipts are not the invoice, which showed, I, I, I think it was about 40, 50 euros. It was nothing <laughs> significant, but it was just the fact that I put in a you know, piece of fiat paper and I got Bitcoins onto my wallet. It was fascinating. And I don't think I did any KYC because back then, I think with regulation under 200 euros, it was KYC free. Uh, so yeah, and it, it was just seamlessly. And since then, kind of, it opened up my horizon for, wow, you know, we, do, we don't just need to rely on, on, on dodgy exchanges, which are here today, gone tomorrow. And then also peer-to-peer, of course, is, is another option. But if you live in some parts of the world where there's not that many Bitcoiners and, and lately not many people want to sell their Bitcoin, you know, you, you need another option. So ATMs are, are definitely um, something that's definitely needed for, for adoption, as you said, of, of, of new people. May they be customers or just retailers, uh, retail clients who are looking to, you know, get their first sats. But 
I want to ask you now, Martin, so retracting back a little bit to your early days of Bitcoin and, and kind of collecting those free BTCs, may that be through the uh, Gavin Anderson's faucet or, or mining it on your own laptop. H- how has Bitcoin since then, um, essentially the, the initial perception or belief that you had about Bitcoin's potential, how has that evolved over time for you? Yes, it, it was. It was first we had like a sort of programmable money but it had no value so it was it was almost like a collectible and <laughs> that that changed it it became nerd money and then it became dark market money and then it became risk investor money and now it's big money so so but at the same time you know it also changed in my life in in many ways in in you know our company grew from three people to 60 people um wow it's like you know we have offices in in two di- on two different continents nowadays back then nobody wanted a bitcoin atm nowadays we ship them in per container so it's 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 i think a gradual maturing of the industry and um for me i think it's very important uh because the internet gave everybody a voice if you were unhappy about something you could spout it off on social media or or a web blog at the time and then tell the world about it which which for us is like normal nowadays but back when the internet was new this was really special because at that time there was a monopoly on in many european countries at least on on information the television mm. was often state tv and if they didn't like what you wanted what you had to test had to say they wouldn't allow you to broadcast it but the internet gave everybody a voice made the very powerful people a little bit less powerful and made everybody else more powerful mm-hmm. um but the problem was we didn't have money for the internet so um back then it was it was something that was like missing you know the missing link if you had to pay make a payment on the internet you would always go through a third party so when i discovered like bitcoin at the time i thought this this might be like the missing link it's it's the same as the internet is by taking away the power to print money away from the government and giving it back to the people um this also you know in my my opinion makes the world a more fair and honest place and i think it's important that we separate um money from state but also information from state or you know religion even from states i think the state should be like the state but people should be free but without you know the power to print our own money (laughs) we're not free so i think bitcoin is is it gradually grew to be much bigger of a revolution than I initially thought when I discovered it. Yes. Uh, like many of the people that got in really early in Bitcoin, they, they didn't didn't make the, the massive gains like some of the others that 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 got in a little bit later. Uh, we were just too busy trying to find out what what it really was and what it <laughs> could do. So we started programming and and coding and making our transactions and then making big mistakes. So, you know, we missing, mixing the change output address and the payment address. So basically we would be paying way too much for, um, um, for our, uh, uh, for our trans- transaction. Uh, but you know, just like, it was an expensive lear- learning experience in a way. Uh, <laughs> you know, most of my Bitcoins I always tell people like 80% of my Bitcoins at the time, I lost or were stolen or got lost in a, in, a, in an exchange hack. And nowadays, um, 
we are much much more careful and and i think that it's it's uh it it, it totally changed it changed everything in my life i know i i'm i wouldn't be here i wouldn't be living in portugal or amsterdam <laughs> without without bitcoin you know i can't imagine buying a car without bitcoin i mean like I use Bitcoin for everything. Every transaction on my Visa is backed by Bitcoin. Even though it's Visa, <laughs> it's still Bitcoin. So, so yes, it went through a, a, quite a, a dramatic change over the years, and and it's 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 good to see. You know, it was a bit of a, a bet on the future, uh, but I think we made the right choice. You know, with Bitcoin, and, I think and so. I, I see a bright future <laughs> ahead for it. Yeah. Perfect. No, j j just to add, so I, w I want to touch on a on a point. C can you can you hear me well, or it's still choppy? I think the oh. choppy. You want me? I, it's it, you're you're completely dropping out audio, completely and then I see dropping. I see some. Oh no! Let's, now it's okay. Now I hear something, but often it's it's dropping out, or it's yeah. Let me try, <laughs> Martin. St stay st stay on the studio. I, I will log out, log back in, and we'll see if it's better. The recording is okay. still going, so so cool. bear with me. Okay, uh, yeah. Okay. Is the sound better now? Worse? No, much better. What did you much do? Much better. I'm I'm tethering from my phone. I I decided to ditch the Wi-Fi. And oh, now it's gone again. I was. <laughs> is oh. it? Is it better? Or worse? Okay. Uh, it let's. Uh, yeah. No, well, it. We. It, I. I just said it's much better, and then you dropped <laughs> out again. But let, let's just continue. No problem. No problem. Let, it doesn't. Let's go with it, it doesn't spoil the fun, you know. So. That's true. So that's, that's true. Um, so I, I so I had a question. So I, I actually, my, my response was um, talking about the state where you talked about kind of Bitcoin really being this liberating technology which, which separates the state from money, religion and everything else. And I'm a true believer of that, that the state over the years has become way too big and way too influential over our lives where they dictate what size bananas we can buy, where we can shop, where we can, where we can travel and everything. <laughs> and, and, you know, this talking about regulations and AML regulations and everything where I need to declare, you know, from where I'm spending my money to whom to why um, it's just become crazy. And, and kind of Bitcoin is this only opting out of the system and, you know, being really a self-sovereign person where you control your destiny, you control your money, you control your data, you control essentially everything about your life, which I think humanity was seeking for so long. And, the irony is most people today on the street have no idea about it. They still go comply with all these state, you know, kind of draconian rules that are put into place. And, and actually, 
my hope for Bitcoin in, in the long run is that, you know, it helps humanity become more dependent and, you know, pushes the state away to do their things, which is actually the state should be helping us, not the other way around where we are working for the state and doing everything and kind of decla- not declaring, but kind of trying to prove everything to them, which which is stupid, you know? So um, I think going back to that, what you said, I fully agree with kind of Bitcoin is much more than just electronic money technology. It's truly a liberating technology. I absolutely agree with that. And um, it's, it, it's, it, and you're right. Many people don't on the street, they don't know. They're like, in a way they're blind. And I found that once I, uh, well, what worked for me at the time is the first time I tried Bitcoin, then I realized this is fantastic technology. But before mm. that, I just dismissed it as, you know, something like a collectible. I mean, this is a long <laughs> time ago, but, um, and I think it's still, it's still valid for, for, for people right now. People, many people, they don't know what Bitcoin is. So if they, if they, you know, visit a gas station or a shopping mall and they see an ATM and it's got this flashing screen and it's got, you know, like an advertisement running and it triggers the curiosity, then, you know, hopefully will 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 cause them to like, you know, try it out, try out the machine, maybe just put a small amount in, like $10 and they receive it on Lightning. So like not too much uh, um, transfer fees or anything. And then... Once they have their wallet and they got the Bitcoin and they see after like a month or so, the price really went up again, then I hope this triggers more people into, you know, the Bitcoin rabbit, to, to look into the Bitcoin rabbit hole. And and <laughs> this is why after 10 years, we're still making ATMs, um, different models and different software, but, you know, we're still making making the ATMs and, and think it's it's it really helps onboarding people and helps people to wake up and you know be take control of your own destiny instead of waiting for big governments to do it for you yeah no and and definitely to add this kind of all this talk for for how many years now of cbdc's which the governments want to roll out i mean when that comes out if if your light light bulb doesn't go off uh I guess as Satoshi famously said, if you don't understand it or or, or don't get it, um, I don't have time to explain. Sorry, it's 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 crazy that you know people are really waiting uh, for you know kind of this critical moment for them to jump out. Uh, but yet at the same time, you know, if we zoom out and look at the big picture, as we said in the beginning, you know, this is a technology that's been around only for fourteen years, not forty or four hundred years, and how far we have come in such a small, minuscule amount of time is already very impressive. And you know, all all good things I like to think take time. Um, nothing will happen overnight. We're not going to see this mass adoption of one billion people on board it over a weekend. Uh, would be nice, uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. And it's also unhealthy because imagine today we had two, three billion people like you and I using Bitcoin for most transactions. It's uh, it would it would congest the network, you know. Let alone the ordinals and all the other stuff that's happening. But yeah, it would it would come to a halt essentially. I mean, the the meme pool would be. Uh, would, would, would be pending for years. So I guess it's, you know, all in its time, slowly with every wave. And what I find fascinating about Bitcoin, and, and this is how I try to kind of orange people, uh, orange pill average people, telling them about the fascinating mechanics of the Bitcoin halving, where every four years, 
you know, Bitcoin mining goes through this halving process, but at the same time, it's also a cycle of clearing out people who are in for the quick gains, what I like to call the Lambo boys. And then you have the true people that stick through, <laughs> even through the hard times and, and really push, develop, work hard, especially in the bear markets. That's the time to sit down, work hard, produce stuff, and, and, and then, you know, ride the wave, surf it whenever it comes next. And we're fast approaching for the listeners who who are new to the concept of having our fourth having is just around the corner. Um, I mean, it's March, April estimated to be some, I've got my block clock right here on the desk. We have 21,854 <laughs> blocks awesome. to go. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's not that far off. Uh, but what people seem to forget, there is 32 Bitcoin halvings encoded in, into the Bitcoin core protocol, which is, fascinating that we're only approaching fourth and there's 32 to go so that's another 28 uh it's a long way to go ladies and gentlemen so you know going back to the we're still early uh we definitely are still early and you know um whatever you can allocate to to scooping sats at the end of the month um it would be a wise decision to do so um and of course with bitcoin and and one this is maybe the next thing i want to speak to you about martin is kind of how it changes your perception from being short term, what can I get quickly for my money to kind of from from short time preference to long time preference, which especially Jeff Booth talks about in his uh, The Price of Tomorrow book, where, you know, suddenly Bitcoin makes you save and, and, and kind of as you did gamble. Well, not gamble, maybe is not a good word, but kind of hope for, for, for better gains in the future, right? Then just kind of be living a life from today to tomorrow and, you know, just spend your paycheck comes in paycheck goes out that's it you know kind of there's no safety cushion but with bitcoin it really helps you to save and kind of question yourself do i really need this latest iphone 14 15 16 or you know maybe i'll stick with what i have and i'll get some sats you know no no you need that iphone too (laughs) <laughs> but if you buy the sats first, you'll be able to pay for the iPhone later with a profit. <laughs> but, nice. but you're right. I think this uh, um, uh, it 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 helps people to to uh, to think about you know the future and the value of of money and 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 instead of just spend like crazy because it will be worth less next month uh, because of inflation. Um, and this is good, but it is also. It can also be not so good. I know people that just like live in a van and don't no longer want to live in a house because living in a van is cheaper. And they do, they're, you know, they basically they shit in a bucket because they want to stack more sets. And that's like, in my opinion, not going to make it. You know, you've got to enjoy life every now and then. So if you see those green candles, like all mo- a month in a row, then Go out and buy yourself a present and get the iPhone you always wanted. Just don't just don't visit the ATM. Get some cash out. You know, just like mm. it's it, so. It, it is the, the biggest the biggest plus. It also it's also a danger. It's also a trap. Some people like they don't want to spend anything anymore. They're putting everything in sets, and you know, I don't know. Life yeah, is short. I I, I I think you just have to live a little every now and then. No, I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, we we went from one extreme spending all your money ruthlessly to living in a van, shitting in a bucket, stacking sats. But we kind of we want to find that <laughs> middle ground, right? Where we can you know enjoy life because yeah. life 
you know it's that's also talking about time it it it's a bleep in the history of of, of humanity it's so fast even if you live 80 100 years it's nothing in the grand scale of things so i agree saving for one one day is is not the right way but just you know having a conscious mind of let me save a bit you know have something on the side and I couldn't agree more, Martin, with you. Treat yourself, you know, when 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 the bull market is there and everybody's in euphoria, how high you go, uh, get yourself something, you know, or or perhaps in the next and the following bull markets, go ahead and buy yourself that house, buy that apartment, you know, get off the rent ladder, have somewhere to actually, you know, live for yourself and your family, which Personally, that's my plan. I, I really want to get off these crazy rents because even since the pandemic, I mean, the prices are are stupid. I feel bad paying for what I'm paying. But at the same time, the the legacy markets and how real estate works, I cannot buy anything today. And I'm not stupid to go get a mortgage for 30 years and, you know, and, and be working for a mortgage that I need to pay off. Um, at some point, I want to use my sats to to purchase an actual house and, and you know, have something that even if we go into, God forbid, a, a 10-year-old bear market, you know, I can still survive, you know, have my chickens, have plant my little farm and, you know, and, and live my life with the family. So, yeah, it's it's important to to have a balance in life, which I think if we even on Bitcoin related, people have a hard time having a balance. May that be drinking may that be eating you know unhealthy whatever it is you always need to seek balance but at the same time i think bitcoin does bring in this balance into play because it makes you question everything your own health your own wealth your own just you know well-being um so i think with bitcoin the deeper you go into the rabbit hole the more you start questioning and 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 kind of call it perfecting your life to live a more harmonious and and just generally become a better citizen of the world you know you want to go out and help people be you know a good samaritan instead of the fiat world which is all about greed oh this is mine this is mine when's my next dividends payment coming you know it's uh definitely not a healthy place to live in or and and definitely raise your kids so there's a lot of things that bitcoin changes for for us people I, I think in the future you don't. In the future, in future, yeah, future or now, you don't ever have to sell your Bitcoin. You'll be able to sure. get a loan for that house by using the Bitcoin as collateral, and provided price goes up, you'll be able to pay it. Because in 2017, I moved sure. from a tiny, tiny, tiny apartment into a, a like more livable size apartment in Amsterdam. And I did that by selling my Bitcoin. But, you mm. know, after a few years, I noticed that the amount of Bitcoin was worth five times the amount I got in fiat back in 2017. So this mm. is when I learned, you know, you, you never, friends, don't let friends sell Bitcoin, you know. So <laughs> instead of selling your Bitcoin, you might be able to get a loan with a Bitcoin backed, you know, a Bitcoin backed uh, loan, and that that way you still will be able to purchase a house, and and without a mortgage, but you know, with a Bitcoin backed loan, and you know, provided you either pay the interest or Bitcoin keeps going up, so you keep refinancing it. Uh, mm. This is how you'll be able to have the Bitcoin and have the house, and this is this is this is how I moved to Portugal at the time by using a. a 
a Bitcoin backed loan and then, you know, buy the apartment. And then gradually market went up. When was it two years ago, three years ago? Um, market went up. So I refinanced every day. And after a few months, it was paid off. It was like <laughs> amazing. But, you know, this for me was a realization that I'll probably never, ever, ever sell my Bitcoin. Well, that's that's really good, good, good just advice. Buy more. <laughs> just buy more. Because there's never enough Bitcoin that, that you can have. But yeah. th 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 thanks for the advice, Martin. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be, be doing that myself. When the moment comes to, to pull the trigger and, and get that house or that flat, I think a Bitcoin-backed loan is the way because I don't want to be regretting it in 10, 20 years' time saying, oh, my God, all those sats for this flat. So uh, there, uh, there is... Yeah, yeah, that, this, this is, you will, re, you, no, you won't really regret selling it, but you know, it, it, it you, you will notice that your Bitcoin keeps going up. Yeah, real estate goes up, but not as fast as the Bitcoin goes up. So, so especially after like four years later, you'll find that, oh, this is a big, that was an expensive purchase. So, so having a, a Bitcoin backed loan is good, but I noticed that there's many, many, uh, parties right now that offer such such arrangements bitcoin backed loans uh, but many of them they take your bitcoin they turn around and they make more money by loaning it out to somebody else so you, mm. you have a collateral risk there and that is really dangerous there's only one uh, one company i know of that doesn't do that and they actually store your bitcoin in a multi-sig account and they give you the address so you can monitor that your bitcoin is still there uh, and i think this is this is the way to go it gives you security that your bitcoins are not loaned out and that you are not risking a, don't have the collateral uh, 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 collateral risk uh, but but at the same time, you, you'll be able to view your Bitcoin on the blockchain and you know that they're still there. You won't be able to touch it because it's in a multi-sig account. But by the yeah. time you paid off your loan, your Bitcoin can be released. And I think that that is the way to do it. You know, we must use the blockchain for the Bitcoin blockchain for uh, for, 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 for applications like this. And it's 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 already there. It's just not really user friendly, you know, currently. So not many people do it, but I think this is the future. The future is never selling your Bitcoin, just stack more sets. <laughs> there you go, guys. You, you, you heard it. Well, definitely not first, but you definitely heard it there from, from, from Martin. Don't, 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 don't sell it to the Wall Street boys or anyone else. Just keep on stacking, live a humble life and, and, and get your loan for your car or, or house or uh, whatever your, your heart desires. But... Let's go then to another topic, which which you briefly mentioned, um, Lightning Network, and you said about the example of you know getting your first ten dollars and and using Lightning to 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 put it out. Um, how has your experience with Lightning over the years kind of changed, and and what do you think is kind of next for Lightning, or or do you think there will be essentially something else coming over, or or you think already Lightning has so much development from companies such as Blockstream and 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 on all the rest. Um, which are really trying to kind of scale it up and, and make it much more easier for the average person that doesn't want to open a channel with someone, close a channel, management of sats, uh, which is pretty complex for someone that's brand new to Bitcoin. How, in your opinion, do you see the evolution of, of Lightning as, as a layer two? Um, 
Now, Lightning at first uh, wasn't, you know, the, I think Lightning, the more it gets used, the easier it is to always find a route to the person mm. you want to pay. Because in the beginning, there was like often there was like a failure. There was like no route to the destination or like you were unable to route the set through. Um, we implemented Lightning on the ATMs back in 2017, I think, like really early uh, because we feel it's... it's um, uh, like, as an ATM operator, uh, you always pay the the fees on the transactions, mm. and and you know if somebody just burps out twenty thousand ordinal image ordinals <laughs> on the blockchain, then you know this those fees is going to be gonna, is, are going to be astronomical, which creates a bad user experience. So for this reason, we we really wanted to give Lightning a chance the moment it was like you know working and released. So uh, we. Uh, built the ATM, we built the uh, edited to the ATMs um, and collected feedback. And even though it was more difficult to configure for the ATM operator, it did save them on fees and it enhances the user experience. Uh, what we also see is that many people are pushed into custodial solutions, which I don't <laughs> think is a good development, but you know. Like there is plenty of wallets nowadays that are easy to use. I remember using the old Eclair wallet. Now, that was, I'm sorry, no, no offense if the developer is listening, but that was not a good wallet, you know. <laughs> and um, a Breeze nowadays, I, I like Breeze. It's simple and it's it's easy. It's self. Uh, it, it's it's non-custodial. Um, you can connect it to your own node so that your own node is like providing all the data to your Breeze wallet on your mobile phone. It's it's a smooth experience. I love playing the little video games online from Thunder. I don't know if you've seen them in Amsterdam at the conference. Ah, yeah, the snake little games you can play. The snake game, I I played it. Like time, (laughs) yeah, sats, yes, sats. (laughs) Yeah, they they have the snake and they've got solitaire and they've got like a bubble blaster. Yeah, sats the snake, sats. (laughs) 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 So every day I make a couple of lightning transactions, and I think at least four or five lightning transactions, and I find that. They never fail anymore. They just work. But mm. just to put, instead of putting all the energy in Lightning, I, I really like the o- other alternatives that are uh, created on, like you know, second level, um, like the the Sean, uh, the the eCash. Um, mm. it, it, it's funny because DigiCash, eCash was the very my very first experience back in the nineties uh, with digital cash, and yeah. and when I worked at the Science Park in Amsterdam. Our neighbor was David Shaw with his DigiCash and eCash corpor- uh, corporation. So our, our our fax machine, yes, we still used fax back then. <laughs> our fax machine, but also the Coca Cola dispenser and the Snickers machine, like or the, the the candy bar machine, that all worked, and coffee machine, all worked using DigiCash on on the on the on the on a, a smart card, like a payment card. So that worked, but it had its limitations. It was like just backed by one issuer but what we see now is that this same what 20 year old 30 year old more you know 1995 we're talking about but the same technology is now being applied uh, onto bitcoin and that's really mm. interesting because i think it's like with cashew uh, what, what we see is there is that now it's backed not by some mickey mouse bank somewhere far away no it's backed by real bitcoin so that makes it a really valuable addition. So I think Lightning will be there, but we'll see other second layer second layer implementations that will will add value to the Bitcoin ecosystem and make it easier or faster or you know cheaper to uh, to, to 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 pay. And 
and this is exciting. Or you know, I, I keep following those those developments because you know, as soon as it, I, I think it reached some critical mass where we can justify adding develop uh, uh, assigning developers to implement it in the ATMs. Um, it helps the ecosystem. I think super, super important. Yeah. I, I I totally forgot your question. I was like, no, that was my, uh, it, we were talking about and, uh, layers two and and, and lightning. <laughs> and if, if you think there is other, essentially, what is the oh, solutions? Yeah, yeah. But but you you of course you mentioned an an eCash is something very interesting because um one of the previous episodes which we recorded, which are yet to come out, was with Ben Ark from Ellen Bits, and and he talked about how he sees actual like oh, yeah. Latin Latin countries. Adopting their own version of eCash, right? So instead of just using Lightning, you know, doing their own eCash versions, which are backed by Bitcoin. So essentially, you know, make, you make everything um, seamless and, and, and essentially uh, it eradicates this whole aspect of opening, closing channels and, you know, fine tuning everything. Uh, so, yeah, who knows what comes next? Uh, but it's interesting. And certainly for you, kind of, you have this full circle coming back from. 1995, uh, so to say, DigiCash, and, and now with eCash, um, and yeah, and, and what's happening with uh, with, with Cashew, what they're building, which I think is still in in beta version, but still, I mean, you can use it today. You can go ahead and, and open and, and send your transaction and test it out, and it works flawlessly. I think the future in in everything, like the future, is in beta. So you know, if you want to experience the future, just install everything beta. Just go for it. <laughs> it's like we, we have a general bites. We have our uh, a, eat your own dog food policy. So uh, all the beta versions we first install on our own machines and our own network. And if anything goes wrong, we will fix it before we release it to our clients. And I think this is really important. Um, uh, it's something I learned from from Microsoft at the time. Uh, they have an eat your own dog food policy. So if whenever there's like this new unfinished version of Microsoft Office, they make it in <laughs> install it on all the employees, the workstations, just like, you know, you better use it. If you don't want to use it, you can't expect <laughs> your clients to use it. So I think this is, uh, this is good. This is, this is the way I think business should work. I agree. It, it, it certainly should. And, and to add what you mentioned earlier in, in, in the beginning of the podcast, where kind of with Digibytes, you're really focusing on, on returning clients. Every business should be focusing on client retention and not just client generation, because, you know, at some point you're going to run out of leads and uh, you better be saving those customers and making them happy. It, it's funny, you know, going back to, so I finished my bachelor's in business management in, in London um, just over a decade ago. And I remember one of the early classes, they asked, what is the primary goal of a business? And I proudly put up my hand and I said to give the best customer and service to essentially to the clients. And they, you know, with a full Keynesian economics, they said, no, the number one goal is to make a profit. And then I was kind of scratching my head. I was like, ah, so that's why the world doesn't work because every business is just focusing on the numbers and, you know, getting those profits, but nobody's focusing on really, you know, giving a good service to the client. And if you give the best service that you can, that client will stick with you and, you know, you, you build a long-term relationship, which every business, even outside of Bitcoin, should be focusing on. And I guess the world would be a nicer and better place and better functioning if, you know, companies focused on customer satisfaction instead of you know profit generation it's usually cheaper uh, or more cost effectively to keep an existing client 
than to get turn a lead into a new client. So that's that. You know, even if you just focus on the numbers, it just makes more sense. Also, I think you know the company should more listen to their clients because you know most of, if not all, of the features in 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 the BATM series or the CAS, the crypto application server that runs it, they're direct result of customer feedback. Customers asked for something, it wasn't there. We decided, you know, this this is something we can implement. We implement it and we get feedback. And that, you know, this is like a constant loop. It's mm. um, it, it's 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 constant feedback loop. And I think it, it doesn't matter what type of company, but it, it I think it's really important for every company. Just keep incorporating any feedback and make your product better, you know. This, it's 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 difficult to uh, um, uh, t- to explain in in but but like for example uh, we had we had clients um, and they, they all operate as a business so they're an ATM operator they have fees that they the transfer the Bitcoin fees payment fees they they you know for the transactions they make those. Those are basically costs, and you can deduct mm. them from your uh, from, from your, your as you can deduct them from your taxes as a company. Um, unfortunately, it is so much work to just like <laughs> look at all those transactions that it's not cost effective. So what we did is we we created like a bookkeeping software that connects to the ATMs, it connects to your exchange, connects to everything's whale books, um, and it will it will be able to count those fees, add them together, generate a report, and you can use that and deduct those fees from your mm. uh, from your profits. So this way, you know, you 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 make it a bit easier and for 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 um, for for people to you know to run the business and to manage it. And I think like manageability is like everything, especially some of our clients are running thousands of machines. <laughs> so uh, those little fees they add up and and we we try to limit those fees by you know we added features like uh, 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 stacking to transactions or how, how do you call it where you com- combine all the transactions before mm. sending it out like in the, in the past the very first atm they they would like you you buy some bitcoin it would send it out immediately Instant. so it would just be <laughs> very wasteful transaction you know blockchain space wise so now uh the, you know years ago we added a function to like batch your transaction that was the one batching not stacking batching, batching yeah, your yeah, transactions yeah, yeah. so that way by if if you say uh batch the transactions to say um 10 transactions or every five minutes or whatever comes first, uh, then mm. you can combine those transactions. You save on the fee, but more importantly, you also save on blockchain space. So you're like a nice, a good Bitcoiner, you know, good Bitcoiners. <laughs> An they ethical one. They treat the blockchain well. Bad Bitcoiners. <laughs> what was that, Bogdan? An, 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 an ethical Bitcoiner. Ethical Bitcoiner. Yes, yes. You have to like you know it's 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 everybody's blockchain. You can't just like just go around and take up all space and just embed crazy JPEGs <laughs> on it because you think they're funny. Uh, but no, okay, it's everybody's blockchain. But at the same time, I think it's it's good to to think about you know using it as effectively as possible. And this is also the reason we implemented Lightning. Like as we started implementing the moment we. We, we we saw that it was actually working, and uh, and, mm. and uh, this this is this is important. It, this is you know it's scarce. Blockchain space is scarce, so you better 
choose wisely. <laughs> yeah, not on, on, making the transactions, yeah. On, on the subject of, of scarcity and kind of going back again to uh, going a little bit back to the real estate example with real estate, we see it constantly every day. There's new buildings, new high rises, everything is getting built everywhere. And yes, at the end of the day, there's limited amount of space in this world, but it's still, it's kind of to a certain extent limitless. And if you run out of space, like in the Middle East, you can just build on water, build your new islands, you know, keep on building, building, building. But in Bitcoin, there's this 21 minute cap and forget it. No matter how much more you want, you will never get it. And that's the true scarcity, you know, the, the real valuing every single Satoshi, not even Bitcoin, but each sat is super precious. And uh, I guess it will take some time for, for people to really value their sats and, you know, not gonna kind of think it as, oh, let me let me just zap you 10,000 sats. So it's nothing. It's it's less than a dollar today. Uh, but uh, in 10 years, yeah, right those 10,000 right sats, you're going to be working uh, two months work for those 10,000 sats. Uh, Perhaps so. Yeah, definitely. The the, the scarcity aspect um, c- comes into play. But then I want to take us also a little bit back. Let's go a decade back to the NFC idea. I'm, I'm really curious to hear how did that come into your mind, and how has that essentially evolved? <laughs> I was reading online that uh, it's no longer a wallet, and uh, the use case changed. It's still there and active and functional, yeah. but uh, it's changed over the years. Uh, yes, um, well, it, it was a it was a, f- a friend of mine, a biohacker, um, and he made um, magnet implants for like in your finger, and mm. he would like yeah, they would like make a small cut in your finger and put a magnet implant in. It was like a mag- powerful magnet coated with uh, uh, with a protective coating, so it you know the magnet is like you know toxic, uh, the metal is toxic. You don't want that in your blood, so having a coating around it, and then they would uh, you know close it again but once it was healed uh, the magnet was basically connected to your nerve ending so this way um, you could add magnetism uh, to your sense of touch so it, it didn't give you an extra sense but it added magnetism to the sense of touch and I, I was wow. following that I, w- I wanted my implant back then I, I didn't do it uh, the magnet because there was a high uh, rejection rate which is uh, other words for a very messy procedure um, so I didn't do that and and then um, Amal said, this friend of mine, he said, you know, I'm making a chip implant. And I said, oh, cool. Is it something like my cat has? Yes, <laughs> but with much more memory. And I said, yeah, well, this is fantastic. Sign me up. I, I, I totally want two of them. And then he, he said, well, what are you going to do with it? I said, well, he, he said, I'm going to unlock my... Um, my car and my motorcycle uh, with my chip implant. I say, yeah, no, that's not for me. I live in a city. I hardly ever use the car. So, but I'm going to make a Bitcoin wallet in it, uh, out of it. So it was that when he, when, when he visited, he was on his way to Berlin and we met in Amsterdam and he had this whole suitcase full of the big syringes and I got, got mine. And, uh, you know, we, we, we met, we, because before that we only met on uh, Facebook uh, at the time. And, uh, yeah, I, I I thought you know, I lost most of my Bitcoin over the years. I mean, exchange hacks, uh, theft, uh, crooked business partner way 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 back in the early days. Uh, so so it was all before that I joined General Bytes. But you know, this this is this is like you know, it wasn't really always as easy. So. I thought, you know, the safest back then we didn't have any uh, hardware wallets, so or they were just no getting started. But you know, I thought, <laughs> you know, the easiest way, 
no multi sick. It was it was like paper wallet times, you know. And if people still have those paper wallets, you got to be really, really, really careful because they probably will be hacked because they use the Bitcoin JavaScript library. Uh, so so transfer it out if you're listening and you still have those paper wallets. Get rid of them. But back then, I thought the idea is to get this paper wallet and then store it in the chip implant. Um, and then put uh, uh, a BIP, was it BIP39? No, I forgot the BIP, the BIP number, but there was like a Bitcoin uh, uh, BIP with where you could like protect a private key with a password. Um, so I had like my public key in one and a private key with the password in another. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> none of the Bitcoin wallets at the time was, uh, was uh, compatible. So I wrote to um, uh, the guys from Mycelium Wallet uh, where they were in Vienna uh, and I wrote them like, you know, I really love using your wallet. It's the best mobile wallet for Android except and then i said you know if you add this 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 and this then we can make it work with the nfc implants so <laughs> they um uh they they uh, uh they said oh this is crazy let's just do it so <laughs> they did it it worked with the the, the implants and then the guys at general buys you know in in, in at at uh at uh, like uh um uh, evening party yeah. they said let's make it Make the ATMs compatible so you can wave your hand to spend Bitcoin or you wave your the other hand to actually purchase Bitcoin. So this way you don't need a wallet on your phone. You can just use your hand. And, and yeah, so we did. So ever since those days, we offer NFC payment options on, uh, on the Bitcoin ATMs. Uh, some of our clients don't use it. So if they don't want it or they don't use it, uh, then they can uh, just like uh, you know they can order it without the NFC functionality. Uh, but it it was a it was a way you know QR codes aren't very they don't look very user friendly. Everybody knows mm. them right nowadays, but back then they were like you know it's something odd. Um, <laughs> and and I thought you know for Bitcoin to succeed, we have to get rid of those QR codes. We have to make it like tap and pay, tap and pay. So so this 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 was the idea to have a contactless payment option in your hands. And and this it, you know nowadays it yeah it just looks like you know just another like simple thing. But uh, you know my bank card didn't have contactless payments in yeah. that time. You know it was like we before the banks did it, we had Bitcoin contactless payments. So so it, <laughs> it, it was back then it was new and 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 uh, yeah nowadays you can I I just have my business card on them. I no longer store Bitcoin on them because I was a bit shocked by the media fallout at the time. It was like you know for two years my phone just kept ringing. It just didn't stop. There was like from all over the world. <laughs> Some people called me like satanic because, you know, that was like the mark of the beast. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> this is not the beast. It's Bitcoin. Just like, no, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's just Bitcoin. And, um, but others were like, they, they're like, they thought it was like the future. And now, you know, we're in 2023. And if you think about it, you like chip implants. Oh man, that's so 2014. <laughs> Nobody's doing that anymore. But the the technology in itself, it changed. Like on the, uh, many in many cases, like uh, at conferences stuff, where you can pay with Lightning, you can you can store like like the, like your Bolt wallet in it. You could just like mm. reprogram it so many times, and you could and then I just put like uh, twenty bucks on it or fifty bucks, and then I can pay my beers contactless yeah. by just Beep. using the uh, uh, like LNU or Bolt wallet. Yeah, and 
it, it works um, and it still works. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's no, it's still there. There's no uninstall procedure. So it's like, that will be really messy if I just, uh, so I'll just leave it in. Maybe when I get an MRI scan, when I'm like older, then I maybe have to remove it. But for now, it's okay. Um, it's not for everyone. So uh, what we did with the ATMs is we included a, a device which will uh, be able to, which dispenses uh, NFC cards and will be able to program them with a private key uh, on issuing so that there's no mm. risk that a crooked employee will pre-program them with dodgy private keys, but that it like generated on demand. And, and this is, this is also something like that might not be for everyone, but I think it's good for like a club like atmosphere where you have like, you know, you get your card. It could be a nice branded card. The cards are cheap. They're NTAC, uh, NXP, NTAC. So that means that they're, that, they're the same as used in the hospitality industry, like your your key card at uh, yeah, hotels. Yeah. Um, so they're cheap. You can get them anywhere in the world. You can print them with your logo. So it's also a branding opportunity for our clients that they can have like the the, the their their brand on the ATM card, and which 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 is good. So um, again, some people don't use it. So if 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 clients or want to order one without like NFC dispensing capabilities or without NFC payment, then they'll save themselves a few hundred dollars on each machine. So yeah, they can configure their own. Uh, we, we we in the past we used to make like ATMs for like one size fits all. We had different models, but it was that was it. Um, Nowadays, we don't really do that anymore. People select a base model and they use the configurator to configure all the features and things they want in it. And that's uh, where they create their own ATM because, you know, there's no ATM operator is alike. All markets globally are different, slightly different, but they're different. So why should they all be using the same hardware? This makes no sense. You know, it should be a customization option. So this is where we introduce the um, the option to uh, to just basically build your machine instead of buy a machine. You just build yours. Mm. <laughs> this is, uh, and uh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like drifting away from the subject, but this is how we got the NFC functionality you know, with the chip. And it, it's good. I, I use it as an alarm clock snooze button because it's, it requires a bit fiddling <laughs> before you can snooze it. So by the time it scans, you're really awake. Uh, I'm terrible in the morning. I'm not a morning person, you know. So that's um, business cards. Great. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I never regretted doing it. No, 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 no. I was a bit shocked by the attention. I thought it was like not a big deal, really. It was like a piercing or something, you know, people take piercings yeah. like all the time without, you know, getting all the attention. So that is, I thought a bit like that. So, uh, but I had a friend who, I have a friend who was like pierced everywhere and, and even like, in his tongue. Oh so my God. when I told him I got the chip implant, he said, Oh my God, you're so extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he could barely like talk properly because of his piercing. <laughs> and he said, I was the extreme one. Extreme I said, one. Just, just listen to yourself, man. <laughs> so Amazing. yeah, uh, it's, been a, it's been a wild ride. I can't believe it's almost 10, 10, it's like eight years ago or nine years ago already. Yeah. It's, yeah. Time it's flies. Time, time I, I flies. Wasn't, 
I wasn't gray back then, but you know, gray hair started disappearing, uh, appearing. Every bear market, there's more gray hair appearing here. But, um, it's it's no. it's 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 not gray it's, uh, hair, Martin. It's it's white hair. So I was told this <laughs> by my barber. I, he was looking around, and I was like, "Ah, the gray hairs coming out." He goes, "No, they're not gray. They're ah. white hairs." And I'm like, "Huh." <laughs> And he basically, well, I was joking, but he was like, the wiser oh, you become, yeah. the more white hair you have. Because if you look at the pictures of God, what was his hair color? It was white. It wasn't a brunette or, or blonde, right? So, yeah. so it's all good. The, the white hairs bring the wisdom with it. Like, so, so don't worry about them. Uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. But it's just, it's just something I, you know, you come to realize it, and so you see old pictures and think. I've been in Bitcoin for so, for so long now. <laughs> yeah, I was like I was like young then, and now I'm like an old dinosaur, you know. <laughs> but no, uh, it's no. good. I, I I think it's is I've met wonderful people in in the Bitcoin scene, uh, and and well, also not so uh, others that weren't so so good. But I met so many different people and and from different walks of life that I think it's amazing for for now. Like I if I'd have to choose again whether or not to do it. I would do it again. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, no regrets. You know? <laughs> well, well on, on, on the topic of this, maybe the, kind of looking ahead, because on, on this episode, we like talking about the future, but maybe maybe we'll title the episode The Future Is Now, because we kind of we talk about the future, then we go to now, we go to the future, we go to now. Uh, but looking ahead at the future and kind of the developments um, or, or should I say these technological advancements, what do you believe will, will significantly impact the trajectory and perception of Bitcoin in the coming years, in your humble opinion? Um, I think um, what, what, what we'll see is that there will be more uh, like clamp down from governments. They'll just do that because they're governments. But we'll see also other governments embracing it. So mm. we'll, we'll see. It, it, it's interesting to see how this pans out in the future. Um, like I, I don't, I don't really know, you know, what what will happen. Like what will happen if Bitcoin hits one million or more? I mean, it eventually will. But what state? is the world in, you know, I'd rather mm. have, uh, you know, there's probably be wars and stuff and, and economic problems and imbalances and everything. So, so I'd rather see Bitcoin grow a little bit slower. That way we can all stack more sets, uh, but, you know, have a more peaceful revolution than this dramatic explosion of the Bitcoin price that will, that's basically not saying that Bitcoin is doing good, but that the world is in shambles. So I'd, I'd rather mm. see a happy world and happy Bitcoiners, you know? So I think, you know, revolution, or I'd rather see an evolution that where we slowly, slowly, you know, educate the world that there is a better world with Bitcoin. And, and I think, um, Many, many of my colleagues at General Bytes, we were very idealistic in that. Like we, we really want to separate money and state. We believe in individual freedoms. And because without individual freedom, like freedom to transact, you're, you're not really free, you know? So, so and, and I think just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm 
terrible at predicting the future really <laughs> well aren't we all yeah. we none of us really it, have yeah. this crystal ball where, where people a lot of people like to come up and ask me uh hey Gigi, when's uh when the, when's the price going up i said uh, if i would know that I, I would tell you but unfortunately we we never know and and i guess you know predicting the future is it's not the smartest thing to do because the future depends on what we do right now in this moment um, and, and if people would rather focus on doing the right things now, uh, then the future is going to be very bright, my friends. But if you're just sitting in the room on the couch and waiting for the future to come to you and kind of hoping, uh, well, that hope is going to be short-lived. So essentially, if we all do our part in the moment, um, the future will be better. But just kind of to, to give my two sats on on kind of um, your your vision of the future, well, I think at the moment the world is in a pretty chaotic place and we're having wars all over the world for stupid reasons. Once again, for what I like to call dinosaur juice, for, for oil. I mean, how much of this oil can you get? I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's people, and especially in America, I mean, we're seeing homeless numbers. That That's a parabolic chart of people losing their jobs and not being able to feed their families, yet the government is sending billions of dollars to all over the world to help other countries to fight evil where it's like guys you you should focus on your own problems first and then once you fix that maybe you go out and help the world but kind of the world is is super chaotic and yeah maybe i agree with you if if bitcoin suddenly jumps to a million dollars it's it's going to cause even more havoc and then there's going to be even more crime and the people that have been in bitcoin for many years are suddenly going to be these walking targets of kidnappings and and very bad things which no none of us want to see so at the same time this goes back again i guess to this balance right we we slowly move the trajectory up more and more people evolve and, and learn about it and, and kind of have this aha moment of oh my god maybe i should adopt this maybe i should start using it uh, but in the long run i'm also I'm, I'm i'm very hopeful for a prosperous world and i think it's not going to come soon i think currently we're in this kind of cleansing of the world phase which is gonna take years but once we get through it um and the ones that survive, it, I truly believe we are going to enter the new golden age, the new renaissance, where actually we live harmoniously together as brothers and sisters of this world and not enemies. And kind of with Bitcoin, it also kind of it removes borders and it doesn't matter what race you are, what nationality. Um, if I fly out tomorrow to Latin America or, or El Salvador, for example, I, I've got no currency exchange to do. I, I have my, you know, my spending wallet on my phone and, and that's it. it it's kind of you are home away from home and, and that's what i would like to see in especially in latin american just weeks i think last week with uh, javier mile becoming the new president of the 23rd or 24th world's uh largest economy and he he basically was was very bold about it. he wants to get rid of the central bank he wants to reform the whole state i think a lot of latin american countries and also in other continents, Africa and Asia, they're watching closely what's happening there. And, and, and there could be a lot of kind of role model examples for other countries to really take charge and 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 serve the people, not serve these you know corrupt politicians and elites, which just get away with so much for centuries and decades. I think slowly we are, you know, going back to the roots of people helping people and not just people working for 
capitalist worlds and making the rich richer because at the end of the day even if you become a trillionaire what are you going to do with that money you as i like to say you enter this world butt naked you're leaving this world butt naked so uh, <laughs> forget working for all these millions billions trillions focus on the now be a good samaritan stack them sats and and make the world a better place and I guess this is another reason I, I I launched this podcast is is just to share it to people you know forget having this target of I want to be X amount to rich no 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 get that out of your head get enough money that you can comfortably live your life and whatever you make extra put into Bitcoin and sleep like a baby have it in cold storage of course no more exchanges I, I guess <laughs> people if they haven't learned their lessons from all the failures and especially the last big one with FTX uh, I mean. How many more lessons do you need? And, and Binance and Coinbase, everybody, all the big boys are in shaky waters. Um, so definitely don't keep those stats there. You know, withdraw them, do your purchase, withdraw them to cold storage. If you want to go extra mile, you know, do your multi-sig, which nowadays is very simple. Um, and no NFC chip in your hand needed. You know, you can just have a simple NFC card. Um, and yeah, and, and, and <laughs> j- 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 just have it simple and, and enjoy life because life is short. So... So I would like to bring it up to kind of one of the closing. Yeah, I think. Co- uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Martin. Um, I think, like, uh, in addition to the multisig, I, I always like try to like tell people about this Shamir backup, uh, seed mm. backup. It's uh, it's 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 sort of like Shamir split seed uh, backup uh, way system. Uh, currently, I think it's only Trezor offering it on. Uh, on their models, but it will probably be be like you know picked up in the industry by other manufacturers as well. But it allows you to make an X out of N uh, s- uh, split seeds, uh, which is good. You can you can set up if you have a family, you can set up uh, that everybody has a key and that there is one key at a notary. Um, should one person die in the family, then the notary key, together with the other keys, like a multi-sig in a way, but mm. not on the multi, the transaction level, but on the seed level of the wallet. So if mm. you have multiple assets in your wallet, you can still use the same uh, backup mechanism. I think it's it's easier to use than multi-sig for most people. Uh, if you really must, you can use both. You can use Shamir split seeds. Uh, uh, but also a multi-sig on top of that. But you know, don't don't make it too complicated because most people lose the bitcoins because they did their own rocket science and then failed at it. <laughs> don't reinvent the wheel, guys. Uh, st- stick to the basics and, and keep it simple. You don't want to overcome com- complex for for your children and grandchildren to think. You know what did Papa do here? Uh, this is uh, rocket science. <laughs> But but Martin, <laughs> yes. I, I, I would like to bring up essentially the, the kind of the closing question, which which I um, ask all of all of the guests that, that come on the show. What is one piece of advice that you would offer to a newcomer interested in entering the world of Bitcoin, based on your extensive experience? Don't fall for the for the shitcoin trap. Just keep <laughs> focused on Bitcoin. And your first investment should not be buying the Bitcoin, but buy a proper hardware wallet. And that's, Mm. you know, I'm not going to advertise any brands here. Um, But I think this is is the most important. And and don't expect to get rich overnight. Just just think like, you know, you won't get any poorer out of it. Don't don't (laughs) expect big profits. 
the profits will come automatically to those who are patient. But don't expect it overnight. It's not a casino, guys. <laughs> if you want the casino, it's uh, you so, know where to yeah, find it. That's, and, that's, that's, that's and there's free advice. drinks. And there's free drinks at the casino. No free drinks in Bitcoin yet, yeah. but in the long <laughs> run, you have a free life, which is better than a free drink, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> amazing. Well, I, I think that much better. Yes, <laughs> I, I think this is you're the first guest that 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 said kind of the importance of having first a hard wallet before your Bitcoin. Um, majority of guests, they of course they talk about education. You know, first you know educate yourself, which should by now episode 30 be self-explanatory for, for the followers and listeners. Uh, but definitely, I think you nailed it with getting your hard wallet straight away because there's no point of you learning everything and start stacking your stats and holding it on an exchange. And then one morning you log on and you get a 404, you know, bloop on your website, uh, no website anymore, and you're gone. And you don't, don't rely on 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 um, what are they called debt collectors and whatnot. All those guys uh, trying to do the thing. Be a smart person. Buy your hardware wallet. Buy your Sats. Withdraw them oh. there and, and keep them safe. Yeah. Go ahead, Martin. You know the, the the debt collectors or the the funny you mentioned because I think <laughs> the Mount Gox hack people are still waiting for their money. What uh, more than like. About a decade later or something. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, better buy that hardware wallet. And if 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 your girlfriend or your wife complains about the price of a ledger or a trezor, just remind her how much a Gucci bag costs. And so <laughs> it's like it's a it's it's worth the money. <laughs> it, it puts things into perspective, certainly. And I mean, most hardware wallets, as you said, exactly. without, promo- without promoting. I mean, you can get a hardware wallet for fifty euros, which. In today's infl- inflation market, 50 euros won't even get you a nice dinner out for you and your wife. So, you know, skip that one <laughs> dinner, get that uh, get that cold storage and, and, and sleep like a baby. But uh, Martin, where, where can we send our listeners um, who want to follow you and, and get in touch with you online? I'm, 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 I'm sure you're a Noster, but are you using any I, other social media? I, 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 do you want me to read out my Noster <laughs> MPUB? Uh I think we will be here for uh, <laughs> about another 10 minutes. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure there's an easier way to find <laughs> exactly. you, right? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, the easiest way is just to um, either generalbytes.com. And if you scroll down all the way to the bottom of the page, you'll find all our social media links like uh, t- uh, Telegram, or oh, sorry, uh, t- um, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, uh, GitHub, you know, if you like to code, yeah. you've got your own, you know, applications you want to edit to your a- our ATM. Uh, we have a GitHub repo where you could just like, you know, submit your code, do a pull request, we'll evaluate it and, you know, implement it if it compiles without errors. So, yeah, if you, if you, like, everybody's invited and that's, I think, you know, should be like, you know, should be, should be like, like that. It's like, Everybody can add their own features to to the software. But if you just want to follow us and keep in touch, uh, easiest is just follow General Bytes on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You know all the channels. So we're always amazing, there. amazing. Well, drop well, us guys, a line. We'd like to get mail. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely get in touch, and, and there you have it, guys. You will find all the links um, on on the General Bytes website. And yeah, with with what you mentioned, uh, Martin, um, you guys be waiting for the big announcement in February in Las Vegas with the latest machine coming out. Um, and yeah, and, and until then, I wish you all the best of luck, Martin, to, to you and the amazing team at General Bytes. You guys are doing an awesome job to, to liberate the, the people from this draconian 
legacy markets that we find ourselves in. And, and I really hope there, there would be more and more people that, you know, work on open source and, and help grow the, the Bitcoin narrative and, you know, bring the ease of access to the people that really need it and leave the speculators on their algo trading bots and exchanges and the real people to go <laughs> and get the real sats. So once again, uh, Martin, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. This is definitely not the last time we will have you back in the future because the Bitcoin story never finishes. It just keeps on evolving. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's been an, honestly a, a pleasure. We had some technical issues, but we, we resolved them as, like as always. And uh, once again, thank <laughs> you for your time. Thank, thank you so much. Also on behalf of all the guys at the office, they like, they, they, they are big fans. And uh, yes, this messy, this must be the messiest podcast. And it was just, you know, because I had to move laptop and all, but still, you know, it's, it's from the heart. That's what counts, you know? Correct. <laughs> it's genuine. It's genuine. There, there's thank no fake filters us. in it. Very welcome. All the best, uh, <laughs> Martin and, and the team at General Bytes. And we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, I think the recording is closed.